Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and alongside me for the ride, as always, is Camilo Fonseca. And Camilo, Playoff baseball has been underway. Our last episode oh, yeah. was during a weird time for you. You were having to watch your yeah, team it wasn't a great time going through extra innings. Um, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the postseason, although ended for you, has gone on without you. And um, I must say, though, initial thoughts so far on the postseason, what, what, what comes to your mind so far? Well, other than the fact that the Rays got knocked out by the Guardians in a very, um, a very long game. First of all, let's t- let's get this stuff out of the way. The the Rays Guardian series. Um, I'm not going to post mortem the Rays too much, because um, ultimately, you know, the hitting didn't come through. Whatever. Um, but I thought it was a really good series. And the the really interesting thing is that a game two, which was in progress when we were uh, recording the last episode, went. 15 innings before Cleveland was able to walk it off. And I think was the longest uh, scoreless tie in postseason history at the po- at that <laughs> point until um, a game, uh, uh, I think an 18 inning game between Houston and the Mariners broke that record less than a week later. Yeah. Um, what game, what game was that? Game in that three. series? That was game three of the series. The elimination game. Yeah. Um, that's right. So two elimination games that went into scoreless ties um for 50 for record-breaking scoreless ties. right exactly record-breaking scoreless ties back to back post-season. so my thing you know what Did they change the baseballs what's going on that's not i guess the the pitching is just too good from you i mean really i'm saying that jokingly but really it's true because all these teams involved have are known you know for their very strong rotations and for their very strong uh bullpens um so it was ultimately. I'm honestly surprised that the Astros didn't take Game Three sooner because they're the team that I would say is you know a little head and shoulders above offensively. You know the Rays, Guardians, As- or Mariners at least on paper. But it was a it was really entertaining, and people were saying you know oh this is this is a drag like these are bad games. I think those sorts of games, and I understand why people would not want to sit through 18 innings of scoreless baseball, but I really, in, personally, I really enjoy the, the suspense. And the, because one of the best things about baseball is that it's the most suspenseful sport in terms of maintaining tension um, while you're hoping for something to happen, or you're, you're, you're worried that something's going to happen. And that those two games were just you know, master classes in screenwriting of, of maintaining tension, you know, runner getting the third, no outs. And then, yeah, that's frustrating, but you know, I think that's entertaining. I understand why people would disagree. It's an, I think it could be really entertaining to like an extent, but then at one point you're just <laughs> maybe like, not 18 innings. At one point sure. you're just like, what am I watching this for? Yeah. I feel like I've sure, wasted sure, so sure. much time. Um, and yeah, you're right though. Immaculate pitching on display for for most of these postseason teams. I, I think some of them have kind of underperformed in in some ways, and I think that's what we're here to talk about is is this postseason and 
what we might have seen so far that has surprised us. Um, and one of the biggest surprises to me uh, has been the inability for the Braves to actually make an impact against those uh, Phillies and just how the Phillies have progressed uh, to this point. Uh, but mostly, from, I think there's been a lot of underperforming this postseason. Um, yes. I would say... I don't know if I, w- I would say even underperform... Well, yeah, I, I guess maybe you are right. With, with Especially those teams like the Braves... Um, I mean, certainly we talked about the Mets earlier uh, last episode. Um, we'll t- get into the Dodgers, I'm sure. These are teams that you would expect would put up uh, incredible numbers against uh, pitching staff. You know, like the Braves against the Phillies. You know, the Phillies have Zach Wheeler, um, Austin Nola, Austin Nola, Aaron Nola. Um, Austin, Austin, Nola. Nola. Austin Nola is uh, on, the on the Padres, yes. Which will, that, I'm very excited to see that matchup. Um, but (laughs) yeah, it, it, I I don't know. You're right. They have, those offenses did underperform because I, I, this postseason really has been a case of, of, as we said, the pitching has been solid pretty much across the board. It's really just a case of which offenses click and which don't. Um, and the Phillies offense who I was, you know, credit to Dave Dombrowski. He put together a, an offensive minded team. Um, and that myself and many other people were critical about because of their defensive, you know, shortcomings, which I still think are true. Um, but that offense has worked um, th- through the wild card round, through the the division series, and we'll see if it holds true against the Padres. Yeah, as a former co-host Nathan Landon would say, he would call it a murderer's row of offensive players on the, the Phillies. And um, there is, they've just been spectacular in, in proving us wrong, not proving Henry Neiman wrong, though. And he'll let you know that um, they, <laughs> I he predicted it. I believe that. You know, and um, it's kind of spectacular to see, obviously. And, and we'll get into what makes them so good in a little bit when we start talking about the championship series. But one of my favorite moments so far has, of the postseason has been the collapse of the Toronto Blue Jays in Game 2 where they had a massive lead over the Seattle Mariners. And the Mariners just battled back, battled back, battled back for an, you know, an ecstatic series-clinching win against Toronto, which is something that obviously the Mariners haven't had in quite some time. Well, I don't know what's worse for a Toronto sports fan. This or... I, I don't know if you... I know you're not a hockey fan, but hockey fans will recognize the famous um four to one i think it was four to one toronto maple leafs collapse against the canadiens uh, a couple of years ago in the the stanley cup playoffs you know toronto teams are just like painfully painfully known for for choking crumbling. at the for crumbling at the worst possible like i i didn't think i don't know which is worse that the the Maple Leafs one or this eight coming down uh, or being ahead eight to one and then losing nine to eight um, and I don't know how many innings were they ahead eight to one oh I'm I think sure because I think a lot of those a lot of those runs certainly were scored in 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 the seventh and I think the eighth innings of that 
Mariners games. And yeah. That's just a team that that battled and 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 uh, the Mariners. I mean. And just took that series. Yeah, they just. I think that they left Kevin Gosman in an inning too long, um, and then the bullpen just couldn't couldn't do anything against that um, strong Seattle Mariners offense that we didn't exactly see too much of in inside of the uh, championship or the division mm-hmm. series um, against the Astros, which have a great bullpen. And what was interesting in that game was that in the Jays game. No, sorry. In the division series oh, against sure. the Astros, is that Seattle showed so much, um, mm-hmm. so much resiliency against the Toronto team that once they got to the division series against Houston, they had multiple leads that they could have capitalized on, especially in Game One, um, when they had a three-run lead or was it a two-run lead against the Astros in the bottom of the ninth, and um, Jordan Alvarez just came up massive in that series, was definitely the MVP in that series, and I, you know, noted him as the Seattle killer. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Alvarez is, so far, he's taking the title of the new, the 21st century's Mr. October. Because the way that he's he's shown up, and admittedly just won playoff series, um, but he won that playoff series for the Astros. Because I, I think... At least in two games, I don't know if in the uh, in the third, um, but in two games those go ahead home runs were off Jordan Alvarez's bat. So he, you know, very be very very thankful if you're a Houston Astros fan that you you still have Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, and, and or just don't be thankful at all because you're well because you're a Houston nah, Astros fan, right? Um, and I think. Staying in the American League and moving to the other side of that division series, which was the Guardians versus the Yankees, that series had so many interesting um, storylines to it. That's the only one that went five games. Only five games. Um, Two postponements during the series due to rain in New York. Um, A lot of tension. I would say a lot of controversy. And I think that there will be some questions that will need to be answered by um by i don't know by by major league baseball or by uh i guess by major league baseball because the especially the postponement of game five which was you know obviously the the deciding game of of the series um you know they they were pushing for a postponement for like hours when there was no little rain on the forecast um the whole circumstances behind, you know, who was able to get tickets to that game because there were allegations that, you know, that Yankee Stadium wasn't selling tickets to to uh, people with Ohio uh, billing addresses. Um, I don't know. I think there's a there's a lot of sketchy, at least allegations out there surrounding the lead up to that game five, which was postponed uh, because of of that rain delay that. To my understanding, the Yankees were pushing for, and the Guardians did not, um, because the Yankees would have had to start uh, Tyone, um, while um, the Guardians. Who who the Guardians? I don't know if their starter changed. They ended up having to go with uh, Savelli, which is I, I think. Um, and the the Yankees used their number two guy Cortez, obviously. Right, and, and Nestor kind of shoved in that game. Um, and on the same subject of kind of like this controversial aspect, you know, 
the game five of the division series because of their postponements happened on the same day as the game one of the national league championship series and right. now the yankees and it was a day game for some reason which right. i think was ridiculous well they didn't want to put it in prime time um but then now the yankees because of these postponements now have to travel to houston today which the day that we're recording this is um game one national or game one american league championship series and game two for national league uh, championship series and now they're not going to be really that rested going into Houston. Uh, I can't even imagine that they must have celebrated last night after winning the series. You know, that's typical baseball. You win the series, you pop the champagne, you move on. Uh, but I presume that they must have just had to move on because they really don't right, you have... can't. You can't go out to a club or, or and... to a bar and celebrate. Not like the Padre, like Trent Grisham, um, you know, after they won division series and we'll talk about that division series in a sec but trent grisham was you know out at a bar to like the early hours of the morning buying shots for all the all the padres fans you can't do that if you're playing a a champion the first game of the championship series in houston um the next day and i have i have all these types of comments about uh the baseball culture of of celebrating every single series in general yeah Um, but we don't need to exactly get into that, but I do want to talk more about the baseball side of this series from what we saw. Um, and one of the things was something that you guys pointed out was that this Yankees team, you guys weren't exactly sold on. I thought they could have absolutely swept these guardians, you know, I mean, great pitching that they have. uh, And I understand that, especially with Bieber and Tristan McKenzie that had great performances against the Rays. And, um, but still I felt that this Yankees team was going to be a little more stronger in that series. Mm-hmm. And maybe, which we'll get into a little bit later, maybe some of that extra time off maybe played into it, but I'm not sure about that. But they did show weakness. Yeah, I mean, they were pushed to five games by Cleveland. Um, and, you know, even if that fifth game hadn't been postponed, you know, who's to say whether Cleveland or, or New York would have won that. But... They definitely showed that they were vulnerable. Um, they will, were vulnerable to um, their pitching is vulnerable. Um, Garrett Cole didn't get rocked as much as he has in no, past postseasons. He did not. Um, but you know the the rest of that, um, especially you know the tail end of it, the the bullpen still has some weaknesses, and their lineup has been was for a big portions of the series was just silent um including aaron judge who went um i don't know what his stats were at the beginning of the series but well he ended up hitting a home run he ended up hitting a home run yeah i know but he for the first three games i want to say he was like oh for he got booed he got booed in yankee he got booed in yankee stadium yeah because he wasn't he he wasn't hitting um i mean he was four for 20 in the the whole series and i think um i think most of those four hits, if not all of them, were in the last two games. Which I mean, you gotta to be big. fair, you were were big. Yankees wins. So I mean, he played a part in that. But yeah, you know, and there's a lot that happened in those last two games with the Josh Naylor. Um, oh, the Rockin' celeb- Baby, yeah, celebration uh, that I think really motivated the Yankees. Obviously, they, sure, they didn't win. I I must say, I I was a big fan of Mr. SpongeBob, who was Oscar out Gonzalez, there, yeah, who absolutely was the hero. To many Cleveland Guardians fans, he ended the Rays season. Um, but uh, I was I was all on board for for Oscar Gonzalez because he also hit that 
what that two RBI single, single that one game uh, game three was it? Yeah, I think it was game put, three. Put the Guardians up on a lead to potentially eliminate the Yankees. Obviously, that didn't come through. But I think one of the things I talked about last episode was how impressed I was with Terry Francona's um, managing this season and how I felt that he might, she maybe should be the manager of the year. Um, but one thing that really just just disappointed me was his game time decisions, or well, it's just his decisions in general for the pitching in game five. Uh, starting Savali was not it. And obviously we have hindsight now, right? We, we know that he gave up three runs in the first inning, only got one out and made it really difficult on those guardians. But I just, I don't understand why in general you put a guy out there who has a season ERA of over four, uh, on an elimination game. I mean, everything's riding on this game. I'm surprised that maybe some of the other starters that had pitched, earlier in the series with some extended days off and that they didn't even I feel like it's a good risk to have yeah I mean I wonder if I'm sure part of the consideration was you know if we get to the championship series are we gonna start Savelli game one against Houston is that what it's gonna have to come to um yeah I'm sure like he had in the back of his head you know what am I gonna do if we move on and then we have to play Houston with our number five starting pitcher um I don't know I, I don't know what uh, do you do you know who exactly was available off of Quantrill pitched what three Shane I don't know exactly Shane yeah oh, that's right I Shane thought they were gonna pitched. start Shane um I, I don't know it, and and I yeah. mean it's something that I'm sure Francona has had to answer in the media but I just I couldn't believe it and I think it um it really showed, and as Colin Kapoor would say, you know, Savali, he's from Northeastern, so he's they're very proud of him there. Uh-huh. Uh, um, but just... Not in Cleveland so much, I don't think. Not anymore, and they're out of the postseason now, and and now the Yankees but they and can Astros... Be, they can be proud of a very good... Oh, an amazing campaign. And a great run in the postseason, for um, sure. But now we all have to sit back and really... You know, Get the popcorn out and, and watch the Yankees and the, and the Astros oh, yeah. in the American League oh my God, Championship so Series, which uh, we'll get on to in just a second, but let us go move over to the National League. We talked about right. the Braves falling uh, and the Phillies uprise, and we'll, we'll discuss more on the Phillies in just one second, but let us now think about Padres-Dodgers have been a growing rivalry in the last three years. Um, as the Padres have become more of a relevant team in the National League. And there's been many fights that have broken out between fans uh, in those two ballparks. And the Padres were able to upset a 111-win Dodger team that, first off, could be the biggest failure of all time. Well, they're the, the regular season champions, didn't you hear? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which okay, we'll we'll get into that whole spiel later. But I I mean, for for Dodgers fans who were saying, you know, there's no rivalry with San Diego. They're the little brothers. You know, they're not a real big player in the National League West. There's a rivalry now because mm-hmm. they beat you. I, I mean, ask any Padres fan, and they'll say there's always been a rivalry. Um, but now I think it really is two sided, um, because obviously the Dodgers were you know, easily the favorites to win that. Um, I, I think I, I might have had them even favored against the Mets 
Um, I don't remember. You had the Dodgers in the World Series at the very beginning of the season. Right. Um, So, I mean... Yeah, both your teams are out now. Yeah, both my teams are out. I only got... My my postseason bracket, which I don't think... I I think in hindsight... We'll we'll talk about our postseason brackets later in another episode, but like... Wow. We were... I was wrong. Everybody's... (laughs) Everybody's Everybody was wrong. wrong. Well, that's the story coming out of these... Uh, these playoffs and especially these division series is that everybody's brackets were upset. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I I think very few people would uh have said the Padres were going to beat the Dodgers. Um, in hey, they beat them in four games, and um, it was a good series in terms of I think very competitive. I mean, game two was stunning, honestly. It was really captivating. It was runners on base, close game, five three win for the Dodgers, and I mean, it was quite it was quite fantastic the the entire series. Um, and I know that, I, in my opinion, I think it was the most interesting matchup out of the division series, the one that I wanted to pay attention to the most. Um, mm-hmm. Although, yeah, sure, of course, there was bigger surprises probably in other series. And the Padres were my team at the very beginning of the season. I said they were going to make the World Series. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. It seems that the Phillies have caught lightning in a bottle here. But um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this offense is going to be able to perform. And I know we're getting into the championship series talk. Um, of course, without their favorite, their best player that has ringworm, I can't imagine it's any easier without him. Well, they have Jake Cronenworth to step in. The Crone Zone. The Crone Zone. He's, he's, I'm looking at his numbers right now. His OPS for the postseason is, is uh, 1063, which is, you know. Super high. <laughs> that's super high. They're like, that's good. <laughs> and uh, Hater was able to close Batting the door. Yeah. Hater was, has been able to close the door after having a very that rough was, start. Exactly. That was the concern in, is whether he would be able to, to get back into the groove that he had in Milwaukee. Um, which, like you said, that was not there. He didn't have that command in. Oh, in he's, he was terrible. San, he was blowing every save last half of the season. But he came up big in that in that he's game now, three. Uh, no, he he's got three. He had three saves in the series. Um, every single game that he came into to pitch, he did well. Uh, he executed and massively important for for the Padres that he did. I mean, they were all very close. I mean. Three of the games had the exact same scoreline of the winning team had five runs and the losing team had three. You know, that's only a two-run difference. And even the one game that didn't have that scoreline was... The one-run was, difference. ...was right down exactly. to the line. And Hater saved that. And that that was game three, which is, you know, t- the series is tied one and one. If Hater blows that save, then I think Los Angeles probably wins that series. Yeah, and, and you know, it's all momentum-based and... I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I well, I imagine the Padres had a lot of momentum going into uh, the championship series, and they got the opportunity to be the home team for a seven-game series, and right away in the championship series against the uh, the Phillies, they lost. The Nationals <laughs> against um, the Phillies, yeah. They lost. I mean, two-zero. Kyle Schwarber hits. Um, a 488-foot home run with a 119.2 exit velocity. Um, just an absolute shot to uh, give some little insurance. And the Padres were just left 
without any ability to make any offense. Yeah, it was, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if how much that will be true for the rest of the series. Um, I'm going to stick with a boring pick and say the Padres will ultimately take the series. But you know you're right it's not going to be it's not going to be easy these phillies man they're they're inspired i can see the energy i mean it, they are looking like to me a true they they're at least from what i can see is a true playoff atmosphere and this is what i think it should be for every team mm-hmm. um the amount of energy they bring and excitement that they have in their dugout to motivate their players uh, and it seems that they're just more hungry than these other three teams that are left. And we'll see what happens with the championship series on the American League side. We haven't seen a game yet. Um, but even though the Phillies do have game one, and we must be the biggest Phillies doubters on this planet. Yeah. Uh, because I still believe, though, after talking all that positive for the Phillies, that I just... I want my pick to be right. <laughs> I want the Padres in there. Well, I think the big, like, on paper, I think we are both in agreement. Um, and I think a lot of people would agree that the Padres are, at least on paper, the better team. Um, the more well-rounded the team. The more well-rounded team. Yes, sure. I'll, that's that's a good point. Um, but, you know, on paper, the Dodgers are better than both of those teams. And it, They're, it, not, it, here. It, it They're doesn't, not here anymore. It's not what happens on paper. It's what... You know, it's the performances that you put out when it matters. And uh, yesterday, the Phillies were able to uh, to take that first performance in Petco Park, by the way. In Petco Park, and I think they were cursed. I think the Padres are a little cursed because of the videos that I've seen come out of those Padres fans and their little jingle. Oh, yeah. That's horrendous. That's I didn't even what's get in. the whole thing. That's what's in, you know. And, and you know what is in? The Phillies get taking game one in your hometown. So that's what's in. And Padres <laughs> fans, you're going to have to live with that. And if you guys lose the series, you're going to have to live with that video being out there. Oh, that's going to be the next That's going to be the next Bartman moment I mean, is this Padres video. I look at it as the same way as like the Jankees lose, you know? And then every single time the Padres lose from now on, I will be reposting. That's what's in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time. Um... And what is also in is on the American League side, a much less enthusiastic, um, at least for me, um, what? championship you're, series. You're telling me that you're not excited that the Astros, one of the least liked teams in Major League Baseball, are playing the Yankees, one of the least liked teams in Major League Baseball? And also the most predictable matchup that we could have had it is, going yeah. into um, this postseason. And I think even at the beginning of the year, we probably should have had both teams there. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. I still think the Yankee, the Yankees, really uh, positively surprised me as over the course of the year. Um, whether they will continue that success is another question because this Astros team—they've got some rest on them, right? They're yeah. starting off in in at their home ballpark, right? Two games at home. Three games away and then two games at home again to finish the series is the regular championship series and World Series format. Um, And, of course, winning game one, so pivotal. If you don't win, if the away team takes one from the first two games of the series... Alarm bells start to ring. Because now (laughs) that team has three games at home to hopefully sweep those games and, and win the series in game 
game yeah. five. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you think that this series is going to stack up? I am big favor of the Astros winning this series, but there is a pattern. For the last six seasons, the Astros have made the championship series. And it started with they'd won the championship series, then they lost it. Then they won again, and they lost it. Last year, they won it. Does that mean that the pattern sticks through and they lose it this year? Who did they... Oh, they lost to the Rays. I don't know why I was asking that. I was like, who did they lose to in 2020? Hmm. Um, I think the Astros take the series. That's what I think as well. But uh, And especially because I think that the Yankees are at such a disadvantage. Yes. Having Short to... rest. Having just used their second, their number two starter. So who they are they going to go with Tyone in game one? I don't know. Let's, I, let's look up right now. They probably have announced starters. Um, and, and while he's doing that, of course, the Astros are just such a strong team. They have so many strong starting pitchers. They have a strong bullpen. And even the rookie bullpen, you know, we got to see that really on display. Game three of the division series against the Mariners, they had to use everybody. They had to use everybody. And they still kept the Mariners scoreless. And, of course, you could say the same until the eighth inning on the Mariners' side. So that offense has to kick into into a new gear uh, for this series, which I don't think is going to be impossible for them because we know how strong they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just looked it up. So Tyone is pitching um, for the Yankees. Um, and last time he saw the Astros, he allowed six runs in five and two-thirds innings. Oh. So it's not, it's not looking great for the Yankees. But Verlander, who I can only imagine is going to be on the mound tonight mm. um, for the Astros— had a terrible start uh, against the Mariners. Uh, Although, of course, Houston, once again, won that game, Mm -hmm. uh, coming back from quite the deficit. Um, You know, that's got to be questioned, right? Verlander didn't look as great last last start. Um, Looked great over the entire season. Um, But what's mentally going on inside Verlander's head? I mean, I can only imagine the guy's a machine. Um, 37 years old and still looking to be the the Cy Young winner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been here before, of course. Um, so he has that experience. But I can't imagine that, you know, he has so much forward momentum with him. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Especially, I mean, there's the whole joke about playoff. Playoff Verlander is, is a completely different animal than regular season Verlander. Um which is people have, you know, people noticed make that. that. People make that for any, I feel like, good pitcher. It's, no, like, well, it's insane. But for Verlander especially, especially it's maybe Kershaw. not over his whole career. Yeah, sure. Kershaw, I think, is also the same. The same, or people at least talk about him the same way. But, um, you know, he's 0-3 in, in his last five starts. Um, his last playoff win, which, again, wins and losses are whatever, but... His last playoff win was the 2019 ALDS. And he was out all last season with an injury, right? So he didn't have that, uh, wasn't able to be there for the team Sure, um, inside that uh, World Series run that they had. And I just think that it seems like the Astros are inevitable, uh, which is not something I'm too happy to talk about. But we are, you know, as much as hate 
as the Astros organization get, <laughs> and it's deserved. We're a few years now removed from that notorious season. That roster's been... And yet they're still able to have the same performance, and we haven't seen, you know, they lost picks, and that's been more of a recent thing, so we haven't seen how it affects their system in general, but ah, they're still just such a strong team. Yeah, it's a a very, very well-run team. Um, you know, Dusty Baker obviously has, has brought last couple seasons. He's, he's really made his expertise shown. Um, I don't know how much of the roster was assembled by Lou now before he was fired because of you know obviously the sign stealing thing, and how much of it is under the the present uh, regime. Um, but it's it really is astounding how strong they've been able to keep this team for both the regular season and the postseason because a lot of teams which we'll get into managed to build fantastic regular season rosters that just don't for whatever reason don't click in the postseason <laughs> dodgers <laughs> um <laughs> who, could we, who could we be talking about here and um i think that's you know that's a great point and um uh, this Astros core, you know, has been separated through the years, right? We saw Springer leave. We saw Correa leave. Um, you know, some people on that team uh, is still there, right? Jordan came up and Kyle Tucker came up after the science ceiling scandal and really made their presence known within yeah. that team. Uh, they also have some guys like Chaz McCormick, who's been pretty good this postseason. Adds a little speed, a little bit of defense to center field to kind of uh, a very different center fielder than George Springer, right? And um, you still got Altuve and Bregman on that offense, right? I mean, in the pitching side, you've got, I mean, they have a full rotation almost of really great, great pitchers. And in, in Verlander, McCullers, uh, Framber Valdez can start. He could also come out of the bullpen, though. You got Luis Garcia. He could start. He could also come out of the bullpen as a longtime reliever. And um, Christian Javier, he's been in the bullpen for them as well. Um, and he could also start, right? These guys that I think are so can be used in many different ways for this pitching staff mm-hmm. that bring a lot to to what they uh, bring a lot to the table in terms of definitely postseason baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I mean, we talked about the Yankees about their their disadvantages and then just their general organizational uh deficits so i i think i think the we'll we'll see the yankees definitely could pull this off and that would be really astros and five i would agree with you i would say astros and five as well um but we'll see because the yankees but they don't win the garrett cole start they win the nestor start the nestor start will be like game three or game four probably exactly precisely Mm, interesting (laughs) interesting Huh. I can see that happening, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's like they get the Yankees get a little hope in there, and then all of a sudden, just like crushed. crushed. So in five, that's oh, so they lose at Yankee Stadium. Oh God, that would be rich. Padres that also would be rich. Padres in six. I'd After, agree. I'd agree. It's an unfair. It's an unfair assumption though, because we know what happened game one. It's an unfair because we we know one. We can't say it's a sweep. I, I feel weird agreeing. With, like, but I do agree with you. I think the Padres ultimately take that series in in six. I could see that going seven. I, I'll, I'll say I'll easily, say I I'll say seven, seven to disagree with you. 
Okay. Um, Big disagreement, guy. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, just have some diversity of opinion here. And then the World Series, which, <laughs> I mean, we're going to make another episode the, the like days before or maybe day of game one of the World Series. So uh, I don't know if it's worth giving a little prediction, but if it does end up being Padres, Astros, right. um, we can give a little bit about how we think that series is going to go. And... As much as I would love for the Padres to win, it's really hard to doubt those Astros if they are in the World Series. They have so much, I mean, so much World Series experience, playoff experience, there won't be any nerves. I, I don't believe that, especially among their core, uh, there won't be any nerves. Um, and of course, they lost it last year, um, and that's really tough for them, I'm sure. We saw how that that team had kind of dissolved in the postseason verse the Braves and how that kind of played out. But I think they have a lot of different um, additions and positive influences that are going to help them uh, to actually take the ring this time. Unfortunately. I mean, I can't really say anything else other than I, again, I agree with you. Oh, I'll disagree for a group. No, I mean, yeah, I think if it comes down to Astros Padres on paper, again, the Astros are the better team. But I'm hoping. I'm really oh, pulling. I will be really pulling my heart for... I'll even root for the Phillies if they're against the Astros or the Yankees. And I don't like the Phillies. Well, trust me. <laughs> but Any team. And we were having this conversation, not we as me and Camila, but I was having this conversation with some people last night about the anti-Yankee culture that I live in. And that is, you know, the Astros might be hated, but... You got to believe that I'm pulling for them right now to absolutely sweep the Yankees. I need it. I need it. I don't have Astros fans in my life. Or I don't see Astros fans on, like, social media Me or either. Not really. So, like, if they win, I, I'm not going to like it. I can deal with it. If the Yankees win, you're... What? No, my world would collapse. You're never gonna stop hearing about it for like 20 years until they win their next World Series, <laughs> right? And you know, and they're they're really... still talking about 2009. So there you have it. You have our full scope on where we think that these series are gonna end up and how many games we think those game uh, these series are gonna finish. Um, but I guess we didn't give a full astros well we'll give a full one an in-depth one once we get to the point uh let's not get too excited and not let's not give ourselves enough hope yet you know <laughs> but um there's been a bit of something different in this playoffs and with the expanded teams came controversy that we've we've already talked about a little bit about how much there has been a little bit of this mist on the american league side but um with the new playoff format it allowed and also hindered maybe other teams that had won their division that got the bye that got to wait a little longer and and on the National League side we had the Dodgers and the Braves who both won out of their divisions and got the highest seeds lose emphatically really against the wild card winners and on the American League side though we saw that those American League division winners were able to get the job done. Uh, the Astros seemingly sort of easy. I mean, they had to come back in two of the games. And then the third one, they were just, I mean, no offense from either side. Mm -hmm. And then on the Yankee side, 
still struggling to beat the Guardians, which once again, I thought really would be a yeah. really easy series for them. So it begs the question is, with the new playoff format... Oh, and people have begged this question. This question has been begged for quite a while. Even I've had this, um, you know, this discussion before. Um, but now we're getting to see it right in front of our eyes, right? Do you think that this format is putting the division winners, the highest seeding teams, at a disadvantage going into the division series? No. <laughs> Quite like simply, it's not. You there is nobody on that team that is complaining from having four or five days of extra rest. Um, you know, and obviously there's the whole question of rust versus rest, whatever. But this isn't hockey. Yeah. You know, this is this is for pitchers especially, you're taking rest anyways. Um so a couple extra days of rest. You know, maybe you want to throw a couple bullpen sessions, like, uh, in between there, or throw, like, a, a live BP or something. But really, it's not... there. These, If you talk to these teams, I can promise you there's not a single player before these division series started that would be complaining about the prospect of not immediately going from regular season to postseason baseball. Oh, and definitely. And I can't say I disagree too much. Uh, but what I will say is, there is a reason why baseball is a sport that is played every day, almost, I mean, relatively, um, for most teams, every single day, over an 162 game span, right, pitchers pitching every five days, six days, whatever, um, for starters, and then batters getting reps, four at-bats, five sure. at-bats, sure. every single day, and that's because baseball is a routine. It's a game of repetition, a mm -hmm. game of milliseconds, as people love to say about any sport, <laughs> uh, but really is a game of repetition. And I think that if you have some time off, you know, this isn't the NFL, where the teams that do get a bye, that w one week of not putting your body through, through so much stress, it, it really benefits them. But in this case, I do think it can a little bit. And I don't think that this was the deciding factor in the series. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it does hinder some of these players. I think it can. So I'm not going to disagree that the repetition is important for, you know, for, for performances. Um, but think of the teams that didn't get a bye, right? They have to play an extra round using their top starting pitchers in... Um, what are more elimination games, really, because it's only three games, it's not, uh, or it's best of three, it's not best of five. So re the the chances for injury to your rotation, um, the chances of injury in general for having your players play two to three extra games than the higher-ranked opponents. Like, there's a reason having a bye is an advantage even if it does present some disadvantages on the whole it presents an advantage because the teams that don't get the buy are disadvantaged so when those disadvantaged teams come and beat you you shouldn't be complaining that you were screwed over by the playoff format because they won the important games and you didn't and they had a harder time getting to those games than you did so i don't know i think there's been a lot of of 
controversy over this because obviously, I mean, you mentioned it, the 111 win Dodgers in the regular season got knocked out in five, in four close games, games in, in four games, games, in close games, right? So every single series was close games, except for the very disappointing Atlanta Braves and the Atlanta yes. Braves, I think were, although I thought they were going to face the Mets in general, um, and not the Phillies. Right. I think that you could see some of the weaknesses from their team because they're missing all the Albies, right? They were missing Acuna last year. They won a World Series. Um, they are very young. I know that. Um, but I think from the a pitching aspect, a lot of those g- wonderful relievers that they had last year, and uh, they called them the... Um, I don't the remember. The night shift. The night shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> the night shift, let me tell you, we're playing too many game days or day games, you know, <laughs> because they were not doing well. Um, and that's something that maybe on the pitching side, maybe those relievers were hindered. But I don't exactly know the their end game, you know, their September, October uh, statistics to that point. And maybe I just think that the <laughs> the Braves caught lightning out of a bottle last year. Last year. Yeah, I agree. I think... I think the the Braves overachieved last year and underachieved this year. Weirdly enough, weirdly right? yes, because they had because like they, similar record, exactly. They, they had a better record. Yeah, they had year. a better record. Uh, I think they have a they had a better team this year. Well, the Cunha back, you with Cunha back, um, you know. I, I don't know. I, it, they they had a lot of things go right with postseason performances last year, like Eddie Rosario being a big big impact for them, and uh, just didn't have the the same impact players. And once again, Ozzy Albie's out. But we know that their star players being out was is not a major impact, I guess, to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had it like they've dealt the with starters it were just not great, and then the Padre or the the Phillies were just good. They the Phillies were just outstanding. Yeah, um, and yeah, I didn't expect the Phillies to win that series, but you know, it's one thing that I will say is that a lot of this flack, and I'm not a I'm not a Mets fan. Like, Nate's going to get a kick. Our former co-host, Nate Lannon, is going to get a kick out of this little little tangent. But when the net, when the 100-win Mets, I think 100 wins, got knocked out by the Padres, nobody was, nobody was complaining about the playoff format. Like, but when the 100 and, what, 100 and, I don't know, 101-win Braves get knocked out, um... In the next round, after having had a bye, suddenly there's there's this issue. And, you know, when the 111-win Dodgers get knocked out, suddenly there's this big issue. Um, those teams didn't win the games that mattered. And that's the only takeaway, I think, that we need to read from this playoff format. Yeah, I also... I, I know I mentioned that there could be an issue, and I, I want right. to also stand which, which, by by the fact that I fully believe this is the correct playoff format. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I as someone who, I, I've enjoyed the upsets. First of all, I think the upsets are good for baseball. Because it gets people interested. Whoa, but not... Whoa, you see those Yankee fans, though. They but say it's, it's, the postseason's not the same when the Yankees aren't in it. Yeah, of course. Well, MLB probably thinks that the postseason's not the same because they don't get Yankee TV ratings. Um, but, yeah, from a, a TV standpoint, maybe it's it's... There's a little bit of question when the big market teams aren't always... In. But baseball is not... In, like, the postseason is not... People were saying we should go back to... Uh, the 70s when it was just Dodgers Yankees and those were 
those were the only teams battling it out, which first of all is not true in the seventies, but whatever. I don't that's, is that that's what a, you saw? That's a weirdly strange. Or is that your re- actual team? No, no, no. That's a weirdly that's a weirdly strange. There's literally a team of the seventies. It's Oh, the Reds, exactly, yeah, the which are a famous, machine. a famously small market team that dominated the 1970s. Um, it's, but people were saying, "Oh, the 70s was the year the Do- the decade of the Dodgers and the Yankees," which again is not true. Is not true. I don't know where you saw. Is not I don't true. Even, I haven't seen that. But in those years when those big teams are dominating baseball, um, it's not interesting for the rest of the country. And if you want to keep this sport growing and relevant you have to make it appeal to different places outside of los angeles and new york oh so like so like houston so like you yeah well i i think what baseball has done in houston um over the course of that franchise's existence has been phenomenal and we can this is aside from the world series and everything beyond that they turned what was essentially a, you know, a, maybe not a small market team per se, but certainly not a, a contender of any, of any real significance into one of arguably the most successful team of the 21st century outside the Red Sox. We're not going to get into that. Um, but besides the Red Sox, I would argue that the Astros are the most successful team of the 21st century. I don't know. The uh, the the San Francisco Giants are very very up. There. Um, yeah, well, the San Francisco Giants have more rings. I guess if in their I get, six year, I guess yeah, but open. but in terms of winning season, I guess that depends on how you define su- franchise success. I would say a team that is a consistent contender. Um, even if it only has I think one it's, I ring, I think I think we're we're but this getting is a, blinded this is a tangent. by sure. recency bias, anyways. Um, but I, I we don't need to get into that. But I think we discussed though all the topics we had uh, for this episode, and you know whether you feel that this playoff format is better for the game or not. Uh, postseason baseball is meant to be enjoyable for both the casual fans and, of course, the diehard fans like us. Right and. I think more baseball is benefiting everyone. No? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And that's what's in. That's what's in. That's the tooth. That's what's in. Um, Thank you to Padres fans for giving me that wonderful video. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Two Scene Podcast. Um, We really appreciate you guys sticking with us even throughout our droughts. Perhaps our podcast caught the yips for a little bit and we couldn't uh, post any (laughs) episodes, but um, playoff baseball is in full swing and we're going to be able to give you guys coverage every single week. And if you guys want to see our playoff coverage on our personal accounts where we tweet uh, different aspects and maybe different opinions, uh, me more than Camilo, but um, on the postseason, (laughs) you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler underscore underscore Floy and Camilo. Uh, You can find me at Fonseca underscore ESQ on Twitter. And once again, we appreciate you guys for listening to this episode, and we look forward to discussing the World Series, hopefully without the Yankees in it, in the next episode. (laughs)